This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. We were looking forward to this day, and God began to deal with our hearts about this point of that there were was a chasm, a, a divide that man could not get across. There was there was something that that held man in, and and you know when we started thinking about that and celebrating the fact that Jesus made the change, I, I had no clue where we'd be in our our study on uh, Romans chapter eight. And so I knew that I was going to talk about the crossing and, and, and I began to seek God. And, and when you've sought God, you know you're obeying God for the series that you're teaching. And, and all of a sudden, you realize how He has lined things up. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm still overwhelmed. Because as I began to pray, I said, God, what, where do I need to go? I know, I know you put in my heart about this, that, that, that you want to set people free and, and that's, that you are able Lord, I don't understand where you want me to begin this, this sermon. And it just came to me right where we were in Romans 8.30 or 8. And I said, well, Lord, I mean, I, this is supposed to be about Easter. Go to where you are in Romans 8. So we went to Romans 8.34, right where we are. And I said, you can't plan this stuff. It has to be led by the Holy Spirit. Who then will condemn us? Let me just say this. Who then can hold us back? Who can hold it against us? No one. I want you to get that this morning. I, this is the first service I, I, I felt to stress this part. I don't care who's holding what against you. They don't have the right to hold anything against you. Why? For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. Now, I celebrate that today, not only because the Word tells us that, but because God is bringing our church to a place that we're prepared for this Word at this moment, that if you've come to this house condemned. Now, look, I, somebody said, I wish you'd get excited this morning, Pastor. I think they're being a little facetious because I've been so excited today that I, I, I feel like I'm about, to, I feel like a chihuahua. You know, come on now. Amen. Uh, woo! I'm about to leap up off the floor, and, and I'm so excited. Why? Because I don't want you to see us. I don't want you to see what we've done. I want you to get an image of the king of glory because when the world condemns you you might have come into here with a list of sins a mile long but who can condemn you no one because jesus christ died for you and he came alive to give you the victory through his grace amen man i feel this this morning i feel it with all they're like you better give him some water come on amen he's about ready to preach glory to god amen and Here's what I love about this verse also, that it's not only what he does for us, but it's what he's doing for us because, and he, notice that little word, there's a powerful word, he is, come on now, help me, he is, come on, you say it about as quiet as the first service did, let's say it again, come on now, he is seating in the place of honor, he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, not was, not will be. He is sitting there, interceding is what the King James says, or pleading for us. Let's bow our heads today. Father, I want to thank you because today we want to get an image of who you are. We want to know you. We want to know what you have done for us, and we want to be able to celebrate the risen King of glory. In Jesus' name, speak to us. And Lord, let me decrease that you may increase. Amen. 
and amen. A.W. Tozer said it this way. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. You see, the image that we have of God determines so much. I found a note in my Bible on Friday just prior to the service that just shook me, and it said this. It said that until we know what He's done for us, we can never understand what He can do for us now. Until you know what He has done, you can't know what He can do. Until you get an image of a Christ who is able. Until you get an image of a Christ who can look. I don't care how big, how scary. I don't care what your diagnosis. I just want to be plain about this. I didn't come to you with some gospel this morning wrapped up in some pretty little bow that I'm worried that somehow you're going to expose where Jesus Christ is. No, I want to go ahead and expose where Jesus Christ is. He's sitting in authority in heaven and there is nothing in hell, nothing on earth, and nothing in your life that can keep back his victory from you. Amen. Amen. Pastor Don, are you excited? Just get over it. Just give me a few minutes. Amen. I feel this with all that's in me. You see, uh, the truth is that how you see God will determine how you see yourself. How you see your future and how you see your life. When you begin to see him as the father who is able and the risen king of glory, the battles that you face, and I don't care how scary they are, the battles that you face will begin to tremble and they will begin to fall because he holds the key. Amen. One of the most fundamental truths of our faith is that we have to see him as crucified, but we also have to see him as resurrected. What did the word say? You must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead. We have to see him as resurrected. Look, I've been preaching this for years. I'm going to continue preaching this, but I am sick of the world portraying him as some, some wimp that couldn't save himself. I'm sick of the world trying to say, well, well, you know, that they had to steal his body. That lie's been going on for over 2,000 years. I, as a matter of fact, I am sick of the world trying, to, even in the movies they make, trying to show Jesus post-resurrection like he's sneaking around town worried they're going to catch him again. That is not the way it went down. The Bible tells us a completely different story. When he died, it was not some insignificant moment with a few people standing around across, a couple women crying. The whole city had been shaken. When he died, the scripture tells us that the sun refused to shine, that the earth shook, and that the veil in the temple was split open in the Holy of Holies. And my favorite verse that most pastors won't even touch on Easter, but, but I love it because it goes all walking dead. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, I just love this. At that moment, at the moment that he died, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary, this is God's word, listen to it, in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. God said, enough, I'm going to get rid of the divide and I'm going to cross it with my love. Listen to this. And at that moment, the earth shook. If we had had an earthquake in the last week, what would we have all been talking about when we came in here this morning? Where were you when the earth shook? Did you feel it? Did you, I mean, you know, we, we it shook the house. We call everybody, do you know what just happened? Well, of course I know what just happened. The pictures fell off the wall on my head. I mean, we know when the earth shakes. We know when things happen. The rocks exploded upon, open. And this is the part I love. And the tombs were opened. And the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. So you know what that tells me? 
You see, we all get this picture that he laid in a tomb for three days and, and the whole world wondered, can he, can he, can he? No, the picture that we have there is the exact opposite, that when Jesus died and he said it is finished, it meant that his suffering was over because when he stepped past it is finished and he stepped in the grave to get your victory, the graves popped open and the people got up and they said, we're alive because Jesus Christ is alive already. Amen. Woo, that got me fired up. I got excited. And we're talking, could you imagine? Can you imagine the guy who always cut through the cemetery? Because I've never seen this verse. The Bible says they stayed there until Jesus arose from the dead. They, they had never, uh, the guy, he's like, he's cut through his, hey, it's a quick thing. He cuts through the cemetery. But this morning when he goes to cut through the cemetery to get to work, as he steps in, all of a sudden, hey, man, there must be a funeral. And then he realizes, I, I saw you buried. Oh, Lord, my mother-in-law's alive. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about you, though, mother-in-law. I love you. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, and, and he steps in, and before long, he's like, well, I'll just leave this party for y'all. We're not talking about some meek little moment. We're not talking about some quiet little wrapped up pretty little little Easter lily type moment. We're talking about dead people. And you know what I've never seen? It says they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. I've never seen that. And they went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. What an amazing thing. And I thought, what in the world were they doing? And, and, and this is all I could imagine, that when they popped out of their tombs, they knew that the one that had delivered them was still in his tomb. And they worshiped and they waited and they worshiped and they waited and then and on that morning, there wasn't an empty graveyard, but there was a group of resurrected people who rejoiced when he walked out of the tomb, and then he sent them into the city and tell them, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, amen. Now, hold on a minute. This is not in my sermon, but I feel this. What would happen if instead of laying around dead, staying in graveyards, if we allowed the one who's alive to break out in our lives and we hit the city declaring, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive forevermore. Amen. Why don't you give God a praise like the resurrected king deserves? Amen. Amen. When he arose... The Bible says he performed so many miracles that you can't even write them all down. 500 people. People come in and go, well, I just want to debate these facts. I'm like, thousands and thousands of years people have been debating this. Who makes you think you're smart enough to solve it? Oh, I just got on somebody's philosophies there. Sorry. This truth I know. That 500 people watched him as he ascended and said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power. The reason you're questioning is because you've not felt the power that I have felt. People go, how do you know he's alive? It's because I know when he walks into the room because I feel him yet even now. I feel him all over me right now with the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he is alive. Well, I've already messed behaving up, so let's just go on a little further. Amen. I want you to get this image of Jesus. We celebrate the crucified Savior on the cross, and don't get me wrong, that is the greatest moment of God's grace that man has ever seen. But we all need to get an image of that crucified Christ, but that's not where we need to stop. From the moment he breathed his laugh, Christ went into action. 1 Peter chapter 3. Let me read you these verses, beginning in verse 18. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went, watch this, he went 
and he preached to the spirits that were in prison. From the moment he died, he set about his work to restore mankind. Now, verse 22, Christ has gone to heaven and he is. Come on now. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. That is our king. That is what he's doing. Oh, that you would get a vision of the crucified lamb, but that somehow you might see past the lamb to the lion of the tribe of Judah who reigns. The all-powerful one is seated at the right hand of the Father. The one who took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, let there be no question, his name is Jesus. He said, I am he that was dead and is now alive forevermore. Pastor Don, why are you so excited? I'm excited because the fact that he is alive is within me. And it can be within you. When we see this great one, we need to see what he is currently doing, however. Not only what he did, but what he is doing. So what is Jesus doing? What is he doing? Very simply, get this. Jesus is interceding for you. Jesus sees right where you are. He knows what has a hold of you. He knows what gaps there are between you and God. He knows the sins and the struggles and the problems and the things that are holding you back. And the Bible tells us that what he is presently doing, not, not might do, not will do if you're good enough, not will do if you were born in the right family or have the right education or you're from the right part of the country or the right part of the world even so, not what might happen, but the word of the living God says that the one that died also rose and now he is interceding for you. And when something has you bound and something has you living and pacing behind the walls of defeat and it has you behind, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of God as I'm about to say this to you. If something has grabbed hold of you and you don't know how to get free, but your life wants to be able to worship again, you want to be able to feel the power of the Holy Spirit again in your life. And all you know is that you dug a hole you don't know how to get over. The word tells me that there's one who's interceding for you who said, I've made a way where there seems to be no way and I will cross it with a cross and you can come across by my blood and be delivered. Amen. Amen. You see, he understands what a battle is. When the devil knocked him down, he thought he knocked him out, but he went right to work and he showed up in power and might. The enemy thinks your sin and that, 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 that thing that you can't deal with has knocked you out. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I mean, can't you hear Jesus? My goodness, I got, got the feeling this uh, just, just, just a few moments ago. Can you not imagine that when you're down and out and your sin is screaming at you, what does it say? He said, I have the keys. Come on now. He said, I have the keys. When all hell says, I've got you bound. When all hell says, you're never going to lose this bondage. You, you, you might worship, but you're going to worship through this bondage. You might, have to, you might have to just learn to live with this sin because you've dealt with it for 20 years. You've dealt with it long enough. But as you hear the chains rattle, listen a little bit further because what I hear are the sounds of keys as they begin to rattle. I hear the sounds of liberty, the sounds of victory. And Jesus says, get up, get up, be free. You can come into freedom. It's yours by the blood of the lamb. Amen. 
Jesus says, Woo, you can do this. You can do it. No, no, no. Matter of fact, he doesn't say you can do this. He says, we can do this. He said, I have overcome the world and now you shall also because he that is in you is able to raise you up. Amen. Some of you already saying we're going to another church next Easter. I'm okay, all right. But I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It tears down strongholds. It sets people free. And this hope I have is that he made a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Amen. If we cannot see the fact that he's for us, then we lose it all. He is for us. But I hear the echoes. I hear people. I've talked with people for so many years. How can Jesus be for me? Don't you know what I've done? I'm sick of that phrase. Don't you know? It, it, it somehow makes you feel like your sins are worse than everybody else's. Don't you understand that's a lie of the devil? There is nobody in this house that deserves grace. There is no one in this house that deserved the spotless one to go to the cross. But the cross settled something for us. Get this. When Jesus went to the cross, he said, I'm for you. I'm for you. The cross settles the fact Jesus is for you no matter what you've done. Pastor Don, I've went to the altar too many times. I've repented over this too many times. Who are you to try to tell Jesus Christ what he can do and can't do? If he said you're forgiven when you repent, stop trying to not believe his word and let him forgive you by his power. Amen. Pastor Don, are you angry? I am angrier than snot this morning. I am angry at the defeat that the devil's trying to keep his God's children in. I am angry at the sin that thought it could keep you bound. Why? I'm angry because freedom came when Jesus died for us and he broke free in power for us and it is ours for the choosing and instead of looking at the problem, we need to say, Jesus, I'm putting my eyes on you for I will look up where my hope comes from, where my redemption draws nigh and I'm coming through. Amen. Amen. Pastor Don, I I just can't get it in my mind that Jesus is for me. Let me tell you the best way to know that God's 100% for you. Are you ready for this? Live for him 100%. Make up your mind. Stake your claim. Call it as it is. Stop calling what's wrong right and start trusting the word of the living God. And when you do what Jesus said to do 100%, you better watch out because he always 100% of the time does what he said he's going to do. Amen. You see, God didn't go all the way to the cross to abandon you in the resurrection. He is working for your good. You see, the enemy wants you to get a a wrong picture of who God is. And the wrong vision of God will always put you in the wrong place. The wrong vision of God will always put you in the wrong place. When you get the wrong vision, you better watch out. You're going to have a day of reckoning come. You know, I remember when, when we used to be out of school for some reason. And my parents would, you know, it was, I just had this image of, I remember feeling this conflict as a child. I had this image of what my parents did while I was at school and, you know, daddy working his fingers to the bone kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and mom always working. She worked nights as a nurse, come home, take care of everything in the home and, and, and just had this image. But, but as I grew older and I'd get out of school for a day, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I got conflicted because... The image I had of them, that wasn't what happened on the days we were out of school. The days we were out of school, Daddy took you to Krispy Kreme. Mama colored with you and took you for long walks. Spent time with you. 
So that began to conflict with the image that I'd had. I'd had this image of this is what they were doing. But, but now all I could see while I was slaving away at school was daddy eating a Boston cream donut. Come on, amen. <laughs> you see, that image wasn't shattered completely till I graduated and realized there's not a whole lot of donut days. There's a lot of work days. But we get the wrong image because of things we see and we don't understand. Some of you don't understand some of the pain. I feel the Holy Spirit is unspeaking to you. You don't understand some of the pain you went through and you don't understand why some of the things you've had to face and it's caused you to have the wrong image of God. You think that somehow you have to cover for what He can't do. Let me just be real blunt. He doesn't need you to cover for Him because He's already covering for you. Why don't you stand with me if you will. So what is Jesus doing? I don't care what you're imagining. I'm going to tell you what he's doing one more time. He is, listen to me carefully, he is interceding for you. That's what he's doing. When the devil says, but, but you know their sin, Jesus says, forgiven. When the devil says loser, he says conqueror. When the devil says defeated, he says, overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. He's calling you forward. Nothing that holds you back can stay closed when the one who holds the key is the one opening your door. He wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in truth. Pastor Don, I don't know how to fight. First Peter told us what he fought with. I'd always kind of imagine the armies of hell preparing for Jesus to come walking in and the armies of heaven behind him. But that's not the case. The Bible says what he went with was the greatest weapon of warfare there is, which is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the gospel. He preached the gospel to the saints. When he walked in with the gospel, what is the simple gospel? That Jesus died for us, but now He lives for us. And all it takes is faith in Him to be restored to life, to cross, the gap, cross that, that divide, to, to loose us from the bondage. That simple warfare is what brings the greatest freedom of all. That gives me hope. But Pastor Don, that's too simple. He said, I'll use the simple things to confound the wise. Stop trying to earn God's love. Stop having the image of Him that He's keeping some kind of check of, against you. Start getting the image of the one who stretched out His arms and died for you. But now, with arms wide open, is ready to love you. As a matter of fact, the one verse said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He says, I want in. He wants in your life. That's who He is interceding for you. Would you bow your heads with me in this place? I don't know where all you've come from. I don't know what all you've done. I don't know all of your struggles. But I do know there's a God in heaven who loves you. No matter where you are, whether you're here, watching, or listening, God is speaking to you right now. You need to get an image of who He is. Stop seeing Him as a vengeful God who's trying to chase you down and destroy you. Stop seeing Him as one that is after you and just waiting for a mistake and start seeing him as the one who holds the keys to your life and he's offering them to you.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, this gospel I approach you with, that this same Christ wants to change your life. Who can condemn you? There is none. Because Christ has died for you and has been raised to life for you. If you're here today and you've had the wrong image of God, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Quickly, let me ask this in general. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know God loves me, but I'm struggling with the wrong image. I'm struggling with seeing Him the way that He wants me to see Him. Can I just see your hand if you're facing a struggle and you're struggling? Hands literally going up all over this place. Man, put those down. Put them down. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. You realize I didn't embarrass those? And right now I want to talk to, to those of you who say, I want to know Him as my Savior. What better day to give Him your life than here on Resurrection Sunday when we celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. It's really simple. You have to exchange the image that you have of God for His true image, that Jesus Christ is Lord and He has risen from the dead. It's that simple. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth those simple truths, you'll be changed forever. Without anyone looking around, everyone praying. If you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This day, I want a new image of Christ. Can I just see your hand right where you are? Trust me like those did. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Hands are going up all through the balconies here on the floor. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, hold them up high. Hold them up high. Quickly, in the name of Jesus, God's changing lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. God's changing lives. Are there others that will join these today? Thank you, young one. Thank you. From children to adults all over this place, people surrendering to Christ. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Don, I know that Christ is my Savior, but I haven't lived that way in a long time. And it's not because I don't see Jesus for who He is. It's because I have the wrong image of who I am. I see myself as a failure, but I today want to confess a fresh and anew, that I am a child of God. If that's you, can I see your hand this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Take hands with someone near you. We at this church believe it very simply, that the power of the Holy Spirit works as we pray together. By faith, we're going to pray a simple prayer. We're going to confess Jesus as Lord, confess our sins, and accept His sacrifice, and you're going to be changed. People prayed this with us. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer with us for these many that have responded today to receive the glorious touch of Jesus Christ in their lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promise. And now I repent. You see my sins, my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. I believe that you are Lord. And by faith, I receive your forgiveness. Father, I believe Christ arose. And now, in Jesus' name, I am born again. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. This matter is settled. Father, I pray for those that have just prayed this prayer. Your word says that a transaction has just occurred. 
that they have moved from death unto life, that they have been raised just as Christ was raised, and they are now a new creation. Father, I pray for those that are rededicating their hearts and lives. Father, you've never left them, and now let them have a right image that they are not reprobate, that they are not forgotten. They are the sons and the daughters of the living God and bless them. And for those that are facing struggles, Lord, I thank you for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit, one that was not even afraid of death, hell, and the grave, and there is no fear, and there is no struggle, because you will deliver them, for you are the mighty God. Father, I thank you, and I praise you, and I celebrate the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.